Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 178 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here, and I can't wait for you to listen to the episode I've got in store for you today. But before you get there, I just want to say a huge welcome and hello to the new listeners here. Make sure you check out the archive and listen to any episodes that resonate. And if you've been listening for a while, then welcome. I'm really glad that you're back. And whether you're new or old to the show, I would so appreciate you leaving a quick rating or a review. It's like podcast currency, and it really helps me to grow the show and to get the show out into the earbuds of more women like you. So thank you. Thank you so much in advance. And it takes just a second to do it on your iTunes app. All you do is just you scroll down from wherever you're listening, and you can tap the stars. And if you have an additional 30 seconds, you can leave a quick review. And I love reading them and getting your feedback so I can create more of the content that you really love to hear. All right, you all. So I just had my chart read by my friend Veronica Peretti. She's a friend of the pod. She's been on the podcast two, maybe three times. I can't remember. What's so crazy to me is just how deep astrology can go and also how accurate it is in so many ways. You know, a lot of times we think it's just a bunch of bogus. We think, oh, like I'm a Capricorn or I'm a Virgo or whatever. And then we read our horoscope in the newspaper and we're just like, I don't know if this resonates. I mean, maybe a little, but isn't it just like super generalized? And yeah, that's really the truth because there's 12 zodiac signs and there's a lot more than 12 types of people in the world. But when you count for your moon and your rising sign and where your Mercury is and where your Jupiter is and where all these other planets are and then also how they talk to each other, meaning like how they are aspected, if they're like at a right angle, if they're right next to each other, if they're opposing each other, it just creates all the different energies. And it highlights just so many things that I'm like, holy shit, that is so true. That is so real. And it really helped me to 
I don't really want to do things based just on astrology. Like I've talked about this before where I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, Mercury's in retrograde, so I'm not going to do this. Or, oh, my chart's not saying that I should do X, Y, Z, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not into that because I'm not into outsourcing my power or my decision making to anyone or anything. However, when there's things in my charts that are confirming things that I already know or suspected to be true, or that can just kind of guide me if I'm unsure and then something resonates, I find it really, really helpful. So I I really recommend checking it out, getting a reading. If you've never gotten a reading, I recommend Veronica Preti. There's a few other astrologers that I really like. I haven't personally had a reading from them, so I can't say you know how their readings are, but I really love Heidi Rose Robbins. I really love Natalie. I can't remember her last name from Soul Shine Astrology. I've never had my charts read by those two women, but I really like their work. And I also love Jennifer Raciopi. I've had a chart reading with her and highly recommend her as well. And I'll put all of those links in the show notes if you are interested. But I totally recommend treating yourself to a reading. All right. I am so excited for you to listen to this conversation with my new friend, Emily. We talked about so many things and I was just so driving on what she was saying. And it's funny, even during the conversation, I was like, like, what's your sun sign? And she was like, Virgo. And I was like, oh, I knew you were a Virgo or a Capricorn. Sometimes it's a little hard to tell the difference because they're very similar in a lot of ways. But I knew she was an earth sign just because she was all about like the planning and being very methodical. And I'm like, oh, that is my jam. And so we talk about all sorts of things. We really just don't leave anything out. And the reason why I like to have these types of episodes on the show is I really, I mean, maybe I'm just projecting, but I really love to hear how other people quote unquote did it. So one of my favorite things to do is listen to the podcast, How I Built This. I love to also read memoirs and autobiographies, because I really like to know like, how did these people quote unquote do it? All of these people that have had a lot of success in their careers or in their relationships or in their businesses, or overcoming a really big obstacle. I just love to know what's really going on inside their brains and in their minds and the habits they created. Not that I want to mimic exactly everything they did, but I think that there's bits and pieces that I can take from a lot of different people that are quote unquote successful that I can learn from and that can inspire me and maybe pick up some of their habits or their mental habits or the beliefs or the new beliefs that they instilled. I really love doing that. And so I really love to have people on the show who aren't just like an expert who are just like teaching something. And that's really helpful. And there's definitely a time and place for that. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, actually. But I also really just love to hear, well, what was your story? What happened with where were you before? What happened during the middle? And then where are you now? And what do you think are the biggest shifts that got you to where you are? And that's really the conversation that I have with Emily. So we talk about her dark night of the soul. And we talk about how she actually swore off dating for a while to really just focus on the relationship with herself, how she healed her relationships with her parents and some inner child wounding. We talked about how her courtship with her husband actually was fairly quick. And this is proof to what I believe that if you think you are on a timeline, because you've got to date and get married and have a baby by a certain age or get married to have a baby by a certain age, that's totally bogus. Because when you are really aligned in your truth and your desire, you attract someone like that. And those relationships can progress quite quickly. So this is just more proof of that. (laughs) Although to be fair, all relationships happen at their own pace. But I do think that relationships in general, that are super aligned um, with two people that are super aligned and rooted in their truth and who they are can actually move fairly quickly. But I digress, I will get off my soapbox and just get you really excited for this conversation. I think you're really, really going to love it. And I can't wait to hear your feedback. So let me know what 
insights you had, what ahas you had over on Instagram. That's where I love to have further conversations about this episode. So if you want to hear a little bit more about my thoughts or some of the afterthoughts I've had after the show has been recorded for a bit and now up, then come over and join me there. I'm Veronica E. Grant and check out my Instagram stories and my feed posts where I'll just post a little bit more about the show. And also there you can connect with Emily as well. And we have her links all in the show notes. And again, you can come um, join me, Veronica E. Grant. Also make sure you send me a DM or comment on any one of my photos just to say hello or what your insights were, your questions are so that I can support you and we can have a conversation um, over there. All right. So before we get to the episode, I am so excited to announce Summer Love School, 10 Secrets to Trusting Yourself More in Love. So I have gathered some of the world's best experts in all things love in life, and they are coming together for this epic global online event called Summer Love School. So beginning August 5th, you're going to receive one class from each of these experts on trusting a different aspect of finding love. So day one of class is about trusting your intuition. Day two is about trusting your breakup. Day three is about trusting your shame and sexuality. Day four is inner child and so forth. We're going to talk about trusting feminine masculine energy, trusting your sexual desire, trusting your voice, trusting your passions, trusting offline dating. I think I've named most of the classes maybe skipping out on a couple, but this is totally free. And I want you to sign up right now before you forget so that you don't miss these classes. Because as soon as as summer love school is over, these classes are coming down, and they won't be available to watch again. So to sign up, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash summer love school. That's all bundled together into one word, veronicagrant.com forward slash summer love school. There's also a link in the episode description. So if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, just go to the episode description. And then hopefully there should be some sort of highlighted link there. You can just click that enter your name and email, and you will be good to go. And again, we start class on August 5th. And depending on when you're listening, that might feel really far away, like, oh, I'll do it later, but just do it now. So that you don't forget. And I know that some of you all are like me, where you prefer to listen to the audio versus just sitting down and watching a video. And so we have an audio option as well. If you want to take these classes on the go and listen while you're doing the dishes or walking the dog or on your commute or whatever it is. So again, it's going to be epic. VeronicaGrant.com forward slash summer love school. And I will see you in class with some of these incredible experts. And also, if you go to the page, you can see who some of these experts are. And I'm pretty sure you're going to recognize a few of them. All right. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Emily. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi, Veronica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to connect with you today. Yeah, this is going to be a super fun conversation. I've got good vibes and good energy all around. I feel feel good. So let's just start with having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world. Sure. I am Emily Gosh-Harris, and I own a global media company that's called Soul Media. And we help brands really connect in an inspiring and authentic way. And uh, I should probably back up and, and start sort of at the beginning and kind of explain how I got here. You know, I, well, first of all, my father is from Calcutta, India. 
So he's from one of the you know poorest countries in the world, and he immigrated here, and you know really achieved the American dream. And so that work ethic and that drive was instilled in me. And so yeah. I found myself, you know, I got my MBA, and I found myself in the corporate world working for a multi-billion-dollar international company. And I was in the marketing department, and I was really kind of focused. I was so kind of career-driven. I really, I think there's a lot of ways that we can distract ourselves. And work for me was kind of an addiction. So it really was where I focused a lot of my energy. And I got really rewarded for that. So I, you know, I was striving to really work my way up the corporate ladder and striving for a promotion. And I did end up getting it. I was one of the youngest in the company minority. And so I was really proud of that, that fact. But when I expected to feel, you know, excited and elated for that achievement, what I felt at that time was actually what some might call the dark night of the soul. You know, I had been really neglecting every area of my life. My relationships were falling apart. <laughs> my health was suffering. You know, my family relationships weren't strong. And I just, I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I really needed to look at every area of my life and figure out what was wrong and really go within. And, you know, and I'll get to this more in a bit. I think we'll, we'll probably chat about it, but I think we're living in a world where we're, there's so much going on. It's so busy and media is such a pervasive force. And I really believe that we could spend our entire lives being distracted. And I know for myself, that was a case, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's kind of outside achievements or just kind of looking at the outside world, mm-hmm. whether we're, you know, we're scrolling on social media, whatever it's doing, whatever we're doing. But when you have a situation like this, where your whole world is falling apart, you're really forced to go within. And I think that can be such a great thing. You know, for me, it was, it really made me think about what do I want to do with my life. And I really wanted to empower women who are empowering the world. And I also recognize the power of media in our society. And I feel like a lot of times we're told such crazy, unrealistic messages in in the media and our society. And they can really take a toll on our what our mental well-being and our our overall health. And so I really wanted to be able to harness media for a positive. And I think that it is possible, but I think that we really need to take back control and control the narrative and really, you know, use media to be able to connect and inspire. And that's really one of the goals and the missions why I started my company. I love that. So obviously there's a lot to break down. One thing that I, I want to talk a little bit about your business and, you know, and I want to get into that. And and I know this is, you know, I don't teach business or marketing, whatever, but I do think there's a lot of lessons here around like outsourcing our happiness or lacking an ability to connect with other humans, you know, instead of just connecting with, or connecting to our phones instead. I want to talk about that. But first you said something that I think a lot of people listening to this can relate to, which is I had achieved all the things, but like I had my dark night of the soul and everything was falling apart. So was it like this situation where we're like on the outside, everything looked great, but on the inside, like that's where you saw your world falling apart? Or was it just like this one part of you? Okay, fine. You got this achievement in, in, in your career, but then like, I don't know, like your adrenals were crap or 
or, you know, and you're tired and exhausted and not in good relationship, like paint me a picture of that a little bit. Hmm, that's such a great question. You know, I, I almost want to take it back to my childhood. And I know you talk a lot about dynamics and yeah. things like that. And yeah, you know, I, I, I grew up an empath and I grew up in a, in a pretty emotionally turbulent family environment. And, you know, I love my parents. They're amazing. But at the time when I was growing up, they, they definitely had, you know, different things that they were working through. And they, their journey has really taught me that change is possible. And we can all work on ourselves, we can all grow. And that is, you know, the greatest evolution of, of human life, I believe. But at the time, you know, my dad was had a lot of anger, and my mom was suffering with <clears throat> severe depression. And, you know, I have a twin brother. And, you know, he, you know, acted out a little bit, was definitely more rebellious. And my kind of family role was the one to kind of hold it all together and at least try, you know, to be perfect on the outside to get approval. So I think it's helpful to understand my story and my journey better if you know that about myself, because I kind of had this ingrained. And I also grew up like one of maybe four minorities in a very small town up in Massachusetts. and so. You know, with that, it was like I never really felt comfortable in the first place, you know, and I really just wanted to wear sort of a mask to be able to fit in, to get approval, to get love. And so when you asked me about the dark night of the soul, you know, very few people could see everything in my world crumbling apart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for li- listeners to realize because it's like, it's so true what they say about you never know the battles that other people are facing. We yeah. just don't know. Yeah. You know, we're all going through different things and you know, some of those challenges can be so intense and the outside world may not even know about the the struggles that you're going through. And so they were really intense. Um, right. I can tell you that for for me um at that time, but on the surface everything looked perfect, you know. Right. And did you feel any guilt about feeling all of these feelings cuz you're like, did you try to write off how you're feeling like, "Oh god, I should just be happy." I mean, other people have real problems or worse problems. Did you find yourself in that kind of battle as well? Totally. Actually, I'll tell you that I I didn't even know what I was feeling. I didn't Mm. even know what I was feeling. And I think that's something that a lot of people may struggle with. I know that it was reoccurring theme in my life. And that is just that I suppressed my emotions for so long because emotion was painful and emotion was scary or emotion was you know, saddening, right? And so instead I was just happy and, you know, on the surface kind of kept it all together. And if you do that for long enough, you're not really checking in with how you really feel. Mm -hmm. And that can be scary because all of a sudden there is a disconnect Mm -hmm. and you're doing things and you're people pleasing and you don't even really know why. And so an underlying feeling of everything is going wrong, but I'm not really sure why and, and how to begin unpacking all of that. Yeah. So how did you begin that? I think that's a really interesting thing to talk about. And, 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 you know, like everyone has their different like tips and tricks and strategies to like begin checking in with your body and feeling your feelings. And yeah, it's not that these tips and tricks and strategies are bad, but like everyone's going to have a different experience. And so, you know, if you, if you lived a life of like not feeling, or at least not being able to identify your feelings or really good at suppressing your feelings. And it's honestly probably a combination of all of that. How did you begin to a 
feel comfortable feeling like, oh gosh, that does not feel good, <laughs> but letting it come anyways. And that, and then also just beginning to identify what that feeling might be. What was your process like? Mm, that's such a great question. And I can tell you, I resisted almost as much as I possibly could. It was like, oh, this is painful. So I'm going to avoid this and I'm going to work some more and I'm going to, you know, not, not really feel everything. And I think at this point in time, it was just, I realized that the common denominator was me and I really had to look at myself and I, and I knew that there was parts of me that I, that just needed to heal. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary thing. And I, I, I really asked the universe for help. I didn't know where to begin, but I asked the universe for help. And I believe when you really make a commitment to yourself and you really trust and believe and kind of surrender that the answers appear. And I do believe yeah. that hundred percent, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but hundred percent. Yeah. I also believe when you're ready, the teacher appears too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we need those, those teachers and those healers to kind of be a mirror and help us through the process. And so it was really asking and getting clearer. I also think that healing is one of the most courageous journeys that we can undertake in life because it means really facing the pain that's, that lies beneath. And like I said, I think that we can spend so much time distracting that can be a lot more pleasant than really going within. And so I applaud anybody that goes on a path of really understanding themselves better and wanting to feel more peace in the world because that's, you know, how our world changes and started with just researching kind of different modalities. And I'm kind of open and into a lot of different things, you know, healing teachers that are out there and, you know, therapy for sure. And sound healing and meditation, I think is a huge practice reading to just understand, you know, I just became like a sponge of just really, really reading and wanting to understand better, you know, what was happening in the world, in my world and the world around me. Yeah. And I, so my first experience, I shouldn't say my first experience. I was reading chicken soup for the soul when I was like 10 years old. And I was like reading chicken soup for the soul for mothers at 10 years old. I read the whole collection. So like, I, I think I've always been into this kind of like deep dive, spiritual, philosophical stuff. But one thing that sticks out in my mind a lot, and I'm curious if you had this realization too. The first time I went to therapy was parents were divorcing and it was gosh, my early twenties or so. And, and so I remember you know, the first few sessions, like we were talking and I was telling about my family and the dynamics growing up. And she said, oh, okay, so it sounds like your family didn't have like a lot of emotional closeness. Like there was just not a lot of emotion, a lot of distance. And she said that. And I was like, I never like identified my family as that or like myself coming from a family like that or anything. But obviously it makes perfect sense considering the kinds of relationships I was attracting in my twenties and in college years too. And so I was like, yeah, I guess so. But I had to like, like, oh, like this isn't necessarily what all families are like. And, and so then that began to change like my reality, right? Like, like not everything is like, we see the world based on our upbringing, right? Cause that's just where we begin to learn about right, wrong, truth, not truth, all that kind of stuff. So I'm curious, like, did you al always know that your family was different and that you had a different experience, maybe some of your friends, or was it more of like an adult experience looking back for you where you're like, oh shit, like <laughs> this is totally like not what other people experienced. 
I have an amazing family and I absolutely love them and I'm so grateful. And (laughs) it wasn't a fun experience, you know, whatever moment in time or or decades, you know, I I definitely knew that things were off and Mm -hmm. I, I, it was a struggle and it wasn't as easy as, you know, people around me, you know, I don't know, uh, we grew up in a kind of middle, upper middle class neighborhood and, you know, we checked all the boxes. And I think that's important again to realize is that, you know, people can look like on the surface that they have it all together, but in inside they could be really struggling, you know, and, and that was the case. But then I do believe that if you have a, a desire for things to get better and to really do that inner work, then things change. They yeah. just do. Definitely. So then you had your dark night of the soul and you're like, oh crap, this is not what I want to feel like anymore. So what happened next? Well, it was a gradual process, I think, of really figuring out what what drove me. And I think that is important because when you're doing things that are kind of checking the boxes on the outside world, it's really a process of deconstructing that and asking questions. What will really, really make you happy? I think that we're so conditioned in our society to fulfill certain stereotypes of, I mean, uh, you know, getting a successful job or getting a good get education, getting married. There are certain things that I think are programmed in into us and not that they're wrong or they're bad, but I think that a lot of times we feel pressured by society. Mm-hmm. And I think my, my, my journey was really about, and still is figuring out what is going to make my soul happy. What is my truth? And that process of, of really navigating through that. A lot of my relationships were kind of people pleasing, like even in the friendships that were around me, I was like, I didn't have very strong, like energetic boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> and that was something that I really needed to work on and really figuring out like, it's okay to say no, you know, you don't need to go out and do this thing, understanding who are the relationships that I want to give my energy to. So that was a huge part of it. Relationships, absolutely. And then from a career perspective, it was just about navigating where do I feel my gifts and talents are and how does that align with what I feel my purpose is here? And I think that's always changing and shifting and we get more of a clear vision and a message about what we're here to be doing on this, you know, crazy time on earth. But I think the more that we listen and we tap in, we understand and we we're able to navigate and use our gifts in a way that are, are, are truly effective and aligned to what we want to be doing in the world. So taking that leap from corporate America and the safety net of, you know, a big salary and benefits and all that sort of stuff was really scary. You know, it take, it took a lot of courage for me to be able to, you know, make that leap, but it took me about six months of getting really clear on this is what I wanted to do. You know, I had known that I always wanted to start my own business, but I wasn't sure exactly what. And once I had that clear vision of, okay, you know, this is a company that I want to start. These are the people that I want to serve. These are the the clients, the type of clients that I want to work with. I started writing it down and mapping it out. And I believe that anything that we focus on and we put our energy on, we can achieve. Mm -hmm. The thing is that a lot of times there are a lot of subconscious limiting beliefs that we harbor that we may not even realize. So part of it is becoming clear on what your 
limiting beliefs are so that you're able to try to overcome those. Because even if you think you're really focused and you're clear and I want to attract, you know, my soulmate, the love of my life, or I want to manifest this amazing career that I feel so good about, there might be that subconscious voice or that limiting belief that says, but you're not good enough. Or why do you think that you can really do that? Mm -hmm. I think a big limiting belief is like, well, that's just not really possible. I can't do that. (laughs) You know, like, like, oh, I can't make a move or I can't quit my job. And like, well, what's your, what's your sun sign, by the way? Virgo. I knew you're an earth sign. I was like, she's either Virgo or she's Capricorn. (laughs) You're speaking my language. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Yeah. that's, that's funny. I'm like trying to like guess people sometimes when I'm, especially when I'm interviewing them or like when I'm coaching them, like, what are they? Like I can just, <laughs> and like, cause I'm earth sign. Like I can pick up other people's earths very easily. The other ones I'm not very good at it to be honest. But <laughs> anyways, I was like, Oh my God, she's like speaking my language. She has to be a Capricorn. Maybe. A Virgo. <laughs> um, anyways, that's, that's funny. Yeah. I, I love that. Also you made a plan and didn't have to happen overnight. I think a lot of times we feel stuck, whether it's in careers or just like in crappy relationship patterns. And we're just like, Oh my God, how do I get from here to there? And there just feels like so far away or so foreign or just so far from like your current reality that doesn't feel possible, but you gave yourself a plan in like six months to do it. And like, it doesn't have to be six months for someone listening. It can be like 12 months or 18 months. But I think, I think just giving yourself that plan and then like step one to take step two to take step three to take, I think that alone can just help you feel so much better and unstuck because you're literally not stuck anymore. If you're moving forward, it doesn't have to be like this huge giant leap. It can just be like one baby step, one baby step. You know, I had a client one time who really wanted to make a move. She was like living in a small town and she like knew everyone and like, I got to get out of here. And I was like, great, where do you want to move? And she's like, well, I'd really love to move to LA. And I'm like, cool, that sounds awesome. And she was like, yeah, but it's just so expensive in LA. I'm like, you're talking about like, I don't know, problem number 89 of like moving to LA. Like you got to get a job like first and the job's probably going to pay to live there. Like then you got to find a place. I don't know. So, so a lot of times we just think too far and it's like, well, what's this like one thing? What's the next thing that I could do? So I, I love that you, you shared that. Actually, I had a question and after your dark night of the soul and you created a plan to leave your job and start your business, what was, what trans transformed on the relationship front during that time? I think the universe kind of helped me out there. <laughs> it's always there to help. Yes. It was a very clear, loud, resounding message that two relationships that were kind of hanging on that just needed to be <laughs> yeah. let go of, they were kind of like forced simultaneously to just let go at the same time. And it was such a beautiful gift. I think letting go can be one of the most difficult things. You know, change is hard. And especially if if you let somebody into your heart, it can be so hard to, for that to change and to close, close your heart off to somebody that you love can be, that can be really difficult, but also the, the greatest gift to be able to fully heal that and, and let go of the past. I know that the past can be something that we just hold on to for so long and it, it needs to be surrendered. And that, and so that was something that 
I had always kind of done with relationships is kind of hold on to the past and sort of a nostalgic way, yeah. you know, and, and it's always better when you're looking at it, like in the, the good times and, and, and all that fun stuff. But for once in my life, like I literally let go <laughs> of the past and that was so freeing. The other thing that I did at that time was I really focused on healing relationships and I started with my family and really having difficult conversations where you're, where they're, they are emotional and it's easy sometimes when you're on the surface level, everything is fine and you're able to hang out together and there, you know, you, there's, you really have to go dig deep to get to the stuff that really needs to be resurfaced, resurfaced and healed and transformed. And so it really was about, okay, we, we need things to shift in another way. And first we need to heal what what's happened and then set really a new precedence for going forward. This is how we can co-create this relationship. And that's something that I think is really powerful is that just because a story is written in the past doesn't mean that you can't rewrite it, especially if you're alive. And even if, if, you know, one of the the people involved is not, there's still the ability to rewrite a story and that gives you power over a situation instead of feeling powerless. And so those relationships needed to, to shift. The other thing I did during that time was I completely swore off dating. (laughs) completely. Yeah. Like I was, I was focused on myself. Like this is, no, no, I'm not, I don't want to look at, you know, somebody romantically. I don't, mm-hmm. that's not my, my vibe right now. I want to focus on myself, starting this business, my career. And of course, as you know, the universe would have it, it was about six or seven months later when I met my partner and we really started dating and got married uh, about six or seven months after that. Congratulations. Okay. I just want to say something really quickly. And this is something that I've said over and over again to my clients. So this is just, if you, if I, if you're a client of mine, you've listened to me say this, and this is just proof. A lot of my clients are very hesitant to take like a six month hiatus from dating. Cause they're like, Veronica, I'm 30 something and I've been dating for a long time and I really want to, you know, have a baby and whatever. And so like, I don't have time to take a six month break or whatever, like chop, chop. Right. And, and I'm like, okay, but what you've been doing hasn't really been working. And what I really believe is that if you are like super in tune with yourself and your needs and, you know, just like your life, but then also what you need emotionally from a partner and you're not attracting from a place of being wounded or needing to be healed, but you're attracting from, I don't want to say like a whole place. Cause like we're always like healing and growing, but like we're just attracting from a place that's not needy or not from a past wound. Then like, I think relationships can move quite quickly, right? Like I don't, I don't think it has to take like date for two years, be engaged for a year and then get married and then be married for three years. If you have a kid, like that's like your standard, like recipe, you know, touted by somebody. I don't know who, you know, I, I know a lot of people who have met their spouses and they got married or engaged or moved in or even got pregnant, like within months of meeting each other. And it's just cause like when you are super aligned with your truth and who you are and your desires, and you're going to attract someone like that. And then there's just like so much less bullshit. 
(laughs) Totally, totally agree with you. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because I think it is the vibration that you're putting out there that you really get clear on exactly Mm -hmm. what you want. You understand what you deserve. You understand what you're no longer going to tolerate. And you call in that energetic match for you. You know, I, I will say for, for me personally, like definitely dated a lot throughout my life. Right. But I think during that time where I was really suffering and going through a challenging time to really realistically believe that I was, you know, cause I was in my thirties and was, of course my dad was like from India, like, do you want me to arrange your marriage? You know, like, <laughs> You know, that was always a focus, right? So I did have that societal pressure on me. But at the same time, dating was not going to solve any of my problems. And I, I think that the more that you can focus on your own energy, at least this was the case for me, I believe everything is energy, whether it's your relationship or your business, but that is all reflected in your external world, how you're feeling internally. And so if you're taking the time to really change your own, I mean, if you're going through maybe a tough time or, or frustrations, or there's some subconscious blocks that are holding you back, if you focus and channel all of that energy, on really shifting your own energy. And we can do that in subtle ways. I believe that it's the small steps that create big change. So things like sleeping more, Mm -hmm. sleeping Mm -hmm. deeply, eating the right foods that are not processed, deciding who you spend your time with and who you give your energy to, deciding things that really bring you joy and passion those are, you know, meditating, gosh, those are all things that truly raise your own personal vibration. Yeah. yeah. And gosh, and you know, and, and we're all on this path of, of a subtle shift. Energy, the way it works is it's rare where you have this major, you know, crazy shift. It is a, a journey in progress, but the more that we focus on our own energy, the more that our world changes around us. Yeah. So I think that's a really, I think it's a good point. I think it's also a really perfect transition to talking about the media and our phones because I don't want to like bash the internet or the media or phones or like we need to go back to having those Nikea or not, not Nikea, Nokia <laughs> phones or whatever that had the little snake thing. And that was probably the only thing that you could waste your time on with, with that. I'm not like, you know, a believer in that. I mean, the internet has brought so much goodness. I mean, I would have never, I would never be where I am, not just like business because I know of an online business, but I would never have done my, had the resources, you know, other than like chicken soup for the soul, <laughs> had the internet never come along. And, you know, things like Headspace has really helped me set a, like a foundation for my meditation practice that's on the internet. But at the same time, I think we lose so much of our energy to the media. Yes, to like social media and Instagram and Facebook, but also just like TV and like the 24 hour cycle, news crap, all that kind of stuff. So, and I know that's a big reason why you created the business you have. So, I'm just curious to hear what your perspective is and, you know, what you are wanting to do with your business to, to change that. Mm, yeah, that's such a great question. Well, one of the things, and it kind of ties back into relationships, is that when my partner and I were started started first dating. We had been friends for for many years and we did something really different in our relationship. We really tried to protect it and keep it. We weren't like 
hey, telling all of our friends, hey, we're dating, you know, what do you think about this? Here, here's a picture of us on social media, right? So we, we really protected it in the beginning. And, and we made it about really getting to know each other and figuring out if this is a right fit for us. And I think sometimes in business and in our personal lives, we can be so consumed by media and outside validation for things. And I think it's so important to not give our energy away in that way, not only from an external validation perspective, but also because if we're constantly scrolling on social media, we're absorbing all of that energy. We're absorbing all of those messages. And in anything that you want to achieve in life, whether it's an amazing relationship or your dream job, I think that a lot of times if we're looking at constantly what's happening around us, we can get really discouraged. And what I mean by that is like, we all need to start somewhere. If you're starting a media company or you're starting a new business, you haven't been established for decades and you don't have millions of followers and all of those sort of things. And so we could always look at the outside world around us and what's happening on social media. Plus, P.S. Nobody's posting like their, you know, deepest, darkest moments for the most part. Like it's all like we're winning and, (laughs) you know, which is fine. Right. But we have to understand the reality of that. And that's, that is the day and age that we're, we're living in. If you, you know how, like, if you type into Google, it will try to complete what they think you're searching and same with on Facebook. Right. So if you type, my husband is on Facebook, it'll say things like, my best friend or like the best guy ever, or like, you know, just shit like that. Right. And then if you type in, my husband is on Google, it'll say like lying to me, cheating on me, a narcissist or something like that. Like it'll like, it's like what people want you to see versus like what's really going on underneath. Oh, that's a really (laughs) strong contrast. And I can see. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you, and I'm just curious for you, cause like, you know, I know that I'm addicted to my phone, especially social media, particularly Instagram, and it's definitely a thing. And I'm trying to create some boundaries around it. And what's interesting is like, if my phone is like sitting on my desk, I'm like, I must look at it. <laughs> right. Like every, I don't know, five minutes or 10 minutes or however often I'm picking it up. But if I like, you know, I'm like being like, all right, no phone today, or I'm not gonna let my phone like waste a bunch of time. I'm going to get my work done and then whatever. And so I leave my phone downstairs or, you know, far away, the opposite end of the house where my office is. At first I'm like, Oh, where is it? Where is it? But then what I notice is like, then I don't care. And then it actually just feels so good (laughs) to not have it like burning a hole through like, I don't know, my brain or (laughs) my, my eyelids. So, um, what are some of your ways that we can, cause again, like, I'm not like, banish all phones or Instagram or social media or whatever. But what are some of your ways that we can practice just like healthy consumption of, yes, yeah, so I, I, social media, but then also like just the media on, on, on the bigger scale? Hmm. Okay. So this might be a little bit extreme, but I, I don't stream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch TV like at all. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't even like I, Netflix because some people say they don't watch TV, but they watch Netflix. So okay. Like, so I do watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Since I got married, yes, I do watch Netflix. <laughs> I didn't before. But yeah, but I don't like turn on the TV and I don't, you know, I, I don't watch like a, mo- a movie occasionally. Uh-huh. Um, certainly 
avoid the news. I think the news is a really powerful example of how media can kind of go awry. And what I mean by that is just there's such a negativity fear bias that's ingrained into our news, unfortunately. Yeah. And I would love to see more powerful, inspiring, connected stories that are told through, through our media and our news. I mean, seriously, there's so much good that's actually happening in the world, but we don't see it um, broadcasted. And so that's really sad. But we have to protect ourselves because, you know, I think we have, we, we are living in a culture that inf- reinforces, like, for example, if you're watching commercials, how many commercials and advertising and marketing out there is designed to make you feel less than, you know, if you're looking at billboards, if you're looking at a magazine, anything, and we're so used to it, it's sickening really, because I just, I don't really watch that much live TV either, but I mean, like, let's be honest, I still watch Hulu and Netflix and you know, I'm married to a guy who loves TV. So Netflix is on a lot, but one thing that was really interesting to me is so I, Okay. You don't know this, but most people listening to me know that one of my guilty pleasures is watching The Bachelor. I love psychoanalyzing their relationships and like looking at it from like a kind of a coachy perspective. I'm going to do a podcast on that at some point. But anyway, so I usually watch it on Hulu when it comes out the next day, you know, after it airs on Monday night. And for a while I was like getting into like, no, I want to watch it live and live tweet it with all the other like people, you know, whatever. And I didn't do that, the live tweeting part, but I did watch it live. And I, and it was the first time I saw all the commercials. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) just like blew my mind. I hadn't watched a commercial in, in so long. And it's, and it perpetuates this idea. And we talked about this actually in my podcast episode last week of this, like when then mentality. Like, oh, when I lose five pounds, then I can be happy. Or when I lose five pounds, then I can look like that lady on the TV and get that kind of guy. Or when I buy these awesome sunglasses, then I can do whatever. So, so yeah. So how do you balance though, then, you know, shielding yourself from like this negative messaging, but then also just being a citizen of the world and like understanding like what's going on in the world? Mm, that's a great question. I think that we have to be really intentional with our consumption. I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, we shouldn't consume the media. That's almost mm-hmm. impossible to do, right? But be understanding how it's affecting our energy. And I think that it's good to create boundaries for yourself, whatever that means and whatever that looks like. Obviously, you know, having a media company, I, I am, you know, connected to social media <laughs> and digital platforms and, and all that sort of stuff. But I do create a buffer for myself. I'm a um, early riser. So I like getting up at 530 every morning. And that is my time. It's quiet. I really try not to touch my phone at all. I'll meditate and journal and read and then go for a run. And then I start my day. So I think that's really important. Whatever that looks like for you is just creating boundaries where you're not constantly attached to your phone or your device. We yeah. need that, that break. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things too. One very small yet life-changing thing that I just did recently is I put my phone outside of my room when I sleep and it's still close enough because my alarm clock at this point still haven't bought an, an alarm clock so I can still hear it in the mornings, but it was actually enforcing me to actually get out of bed. So I must like going to press snooze. So it's double win there, but that has made such a difference of, you know, cause what I used to do is I would take my phone to bed and then I would also take the book that I would like to have been reading to bed too. And I think, 
okay, I'm going to check Instagram for a second and then read my book. And then it's like 30 minutes later and it's like, oh fuck, I really wanted to read my book. And so then I like, I read a page of it and I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> so it was like, it's taking me like years to get through a freaking book. I'm like, what is wrong? Like this is, and I wasn't sleeping well and I was thinking about things. And sometimes you go down a rabbit hole and you don't mean to, and it's not even 30 minutes, it's like an hour later sometimes. Right. I mean, for me, like that was a boundary that I set where my phone doesn't go in my room. So I don't wake up with my phone. I don't go to sleep with my phone and I don't miss it. And actually feel so good when I get into my bed and like, Oh, I don't have to like check to see how many likes I got or what are, what emails that I got. And I can just read this book that I'm reading, which is by the way, people are asking or wondering when they're listening to this, it's usually an outlander book. And it's just like, so nice. It's like, this is why we do this work so that we can have quiet moments with ourselves and like, just really enjoy spending time with ourselves. And, you know, we're not doing this work just for the sake of like doing this work. (laughs) Right. Right. And showing it on social media. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you said. And, you know, I think another thing that is helpful is, and it goes back to understanding and and feeling your emotions. A lot of times we're scrolling as a distraction to kind of distract ourselves from how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so what, what I suggest is like really checking in with yourself and how you're feeling. A lot of times I know, like for the majority, I'm on social media, like interacting on behalf of a client or, you know, you know, posting something for, for my business. But sometimes I'll notice myself that I'm just scrolling kind of aimlessly. And when I'm doing that, I'm always feeling anxious or like I'm, you know, I'm feeling anxious or my energy drops from like feeling super good to feeling like, oh, well, this is (laughs) not as good as this person. And, you know, just feeling like less good about myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I, so I think it's really important to check in with ourselves about how we're feeling and if social media is affecting our energy and how we're feeling. And if that is the case, then setting, you know, even clearer boundaries with ourselves, how, how much we're going to be connected to our devices. Yeah. I also think an important thing to do is to unfollow <laughs> and unfriend. And I know for women, especially, I mean, it's one thing if it's just like a brand or someone you don't know and you unfollow them, but for a friend or for someone else that just really triggers you, or even if they're not meaning to, but it's just, you know, that when you see their post, you're going to get like really jealous or you're going to like think, Oh, how'd she get that guy or whatever. I, you know, unfollow (laughs) unfriend. And, and so I think of it kind of like, you know, Marie Kondoing it in a way where Marie Kondo is like, you know, does this thing bring you joy? And like, can you imagine living in a house where like literally every single object in your house brings you joy? Like what if every single person that you were following on social media, like did make you feel, you know, inspired or educated you on something or was just funny. It doesn't have to be like some deep, deep, big thing. And, and so that when you did go on, you weren't necessarily always seeing these people who made you feel like crap. Like if there are quote unquote, self-help people out there that are making you feel like crap or less than like freaking unfollow. If there are brands that are making you feel, you know, like your body isn't right the way it is like freaking unfollow. If people are just like, you know, like, you know, doing like man crush Mondays or I don't know what the thing is. (laughs) And like, but you know that like, 
what the real story behind that relationship is. And then you go down this whole big rag, rabbit hole, like freaking unfollow or your exes, of course, that goes without saying, or any toxic relationships or friendships that just aren't working anymore. Like unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think sometimes we don't realize how much, you know, like sometimes it can be like, oh, well, this is all happening around me and this is my reality. But I think it's sometimes we don't realize how much power we have to actually shift our own reality. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, you know, if people are bothering you in reality, you know, um, they are draining your energy or you're not really having strong boundaries, you have the power to say, you know, I'm not going to spend as much time with you or I'm not going to give my time to you. And same thing with our, you know, our social media feeds as well. You know, we can, we can shift that. Yeah. One part, one way in which I think that we don't really grow up. A lot of people don't grow up and is that, you know, when you're, when you're growing up and you're in school, middle school, basically through college, you know, your friend group is basically set for you. And there's obviously nice things about that because it's a lot easier to make friends when you're a kid than when you're an adult because like they're just there in school with you every single day. But you also are kind of forced to like at least be acquaintances, if not friends, right? Because like, again, like there might, that there's only so many people in your radius on a daily basis. But, and, and so we think that the same thing is true when we get to be an adult, like, oh, well, I've known this person forever, or this person's my neighbor, or I work with this person or whatever. And we think, oh, I just have to be friends with them because that's kind of like what we grew up believing with friendships as a kid. But when you're an adult, I think it's so empowering to think, oh my God, like I can actually curate my friend group and my community. And yeah, maybe I can't control my neighbor and like who that person actually is. Sure. You can't do that, but you can decide who you want to have in your life and who you don't want to have in your life. And this goes for romantic relationships, but also platonic relationships. And I think a lot of times we don't realize that. And it sounds so obvious when I say it, but then when we really think about it, we're like, oh yeah, like I don't have to be friends with this person. I can just choose to like <laughs> not do that thing where I say, oh yeah, we should get together soon. I'll call you. And then that never happens. Like just say like, hey, it was great to see you. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And go in there. <laughs> yeah. I think that um that statement that says you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with is so true. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to do something big in your life, whether it's a relationship or whether it's your career, or you want to have, you know, be in better physical or mental health, you have to be really careful with the people that you surround yourself with and make sure that they're inspiring, make sure that they uplift you and make sure that they have the same morals, values, and integrity as you do. If they don't, then that's going to bring you down and and you're going to be more like, you're going to be influenced by that, you know? Yeah, I think that's totally true. It's thing I've been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I was just going to say that was one of the biggest things for me. It was really adjusting that, you know, because there's people that I deeply, deeply loved, but they weren't really having that drive, that spiritual drive or that quest to really grow in the same way that I was. And so I had to be, but I was spending all of my time, you know, with that, with that circle of, of people. And we just weren't, mm-hmm. and I think that that happens sometimes with friendships is that there's so much love there, but you might outgrow in some ways. And that doesn't mean that you outgrow it forever necessarily. I mean, we go through different seasons, but it may mean that, you know, in this season, when you're really focused on growth or you're really focused on being the best person that you can be or attracting the right partner in I mean, for example, you might not want to surround yourselves with anybody that's 
cheating on their significant other or complaining or just a about a really negative work. outlook. To yeah, just had, always yeah. wants to mail bash. Like, yeah, that's that's gonna be really hard. What I was gonna say, I remember now, is one thing that I think probably most of my clients experience. I shouldn't say uh, probably most, yeah, but not all, but definitely most is that they realize that they've, they're outgrowing their friendships, but they also realize that they, it wasn't just they had a romantic relationship problem. It's that they had a relationship problem. And, 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 and I think that this goes into that is just, you know, you want to surround yourself with people who are going to pull you up and not pull you back to where you're trying so desperately to, to get out of. Anyways, Wow. This has gone on a long time. I'm not even sure what time we started, but this has been a fascinating conversation. It's been so fun to have you on the show. I know everyone listening to this, um, I hope at least loved it. So one question I always ask my guests before we peace out is what is your favorite way to treat yourself? Mm. Oh, there's a couple of different things that I absolutely love to do. I love running and anything outdoors. I love paddleboarding and just being in in nature, spending time in nature and disconnecting. Awesome. I, I love reading. I love taking baths. Those are kind of my biggest ways to just like disconnect from the world around me. Nice. I love that. I love that. And then where can people learn more about you and hear more from you? I know you have your own podcast. So where can people go to find you? Sure. Yeah. My company website is soulmediaglobal.com and my podcast is called The Soul Collective. And I am on um, Instagram, Facebook, Emily Gosh Harris. Find me, connect with me. I'd love to hear from, from your audience. Awesome. So we'll put all those links in the show notes so everyone can go find and follow. And yeah. So again, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I really appreciate your time and your perspective and all the gems of wisdom that you that you dropped. Thank you, Veronica. This has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.